first light of the morning, I can see you floating lying over me. In the first light of the morning. Welcome to America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I am your host, Stephen Parr. And I'm going to start talking today about something that has made me angry, really frustrated because it is so wrong on so many different levels. And it's the type of thing that that should frighten you about where our country is and where it's going, because it is, this is not what we should be doing as a nation. Let me start off. There are 20 scientists. I'm going to put that in quotes, scientists, because what they've done is very unscientific. They have 20 scientists that have written a letter to President Obama and Attorney General Lynch, and they've encouraged them to use the RICO statute to go after climate change deniers. Apparently, this was an idea first proposed by Senator Sheldon from uh, Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island. But it was this last week when the 20 scientists decided to put pen to paper and send it off to the most powerful man on the planet. RICO, that's the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. This is the clause they use to try and go after uh, mobsters, you know, John Gaddy, uh, Al Capone. Okay, so John Gaddy, Al Capone, mobsters, gangsters, the drug cartels, they are now the exact same thing as people who deny climate change. I am just as bad as Al Capone. Just so you know, in their minds, that's in their minds. You use RICO to come after someone like me who disagrees with them. It's because I'm just as bad as John Gotti. All right. Now, here's why they want to do it. In the second paragraph of the letter they wrote, they, they want the investigation of corporations and other organizations that have knowingly deceived the American people about the risks of climate change. They want to use RICO to go after people who have knowingly deceived, knowingly deceived the American people. I find this really, really ironic because in the first paragraph of this letter to President Obama and Attorney General Lynch, there are three factual errors. The first one is they said that there's, they were trying to say that as we go into a warmer future, there's going to be more extreme weather. That is a factual error. That means it is flat out wrong. There is no connection between warmer weather and extreme weather. No connection whatsoever. That has been proven time and time again in different studies. Just as an example, we are at a warmer situation. Right now, it is warmer than it's been for most of the, the, you know, the last 20th century. Absolutely. And yet... We've had a record drought in extreme hurricanes hitting the U.S. There have been no major hurricanes to strike the U.S. coast in over 10 years. See, there's no connection there. Also, during the same time frame, we've actually had a decrease in the number of tornadoes annually in the U.S., and the U.S. is the spot of the world where you see more tornadoes than anywhere else in the world. And we've seen fewer over the last decade than when the temperature was cooler. There is no connection between warmer weather and extreme weather. So who's misleading whom? That's just one error. How about this next one? Increasing ocean acidity. Well, that's misleading because the ocean isn't acidic. It is basic. To talk about the ocean being acidic is misleading. 
You can say decreasing uh, a decreasing base, okay? But you can't say it's acidic because it's not. That's misleading. And then they talk about the stability of climate over the last 10,000 years, leading to a, a great flourishing for mankind. And now apparently the climate's unstable, unlike it has been for the last 10,000 years. That's also factually incorrect and highly misleading. We've had periods of many, uh, many, M-I-N-I, many ice ages. We've had periods that were warmer than today, the medieval warm period, the Roman warm period. How can you say over the last 10,000 years the climate's been stable when it hasn't been stable for the last 2,000 years? You're still missing 8,000 years where it's been going up and down and up and down. In the first paragraph, there are three factual errors, three misleading statements, and yet they want to, in the second paragraph, investigate corporations and other organizations that have knowingly deceived the American people about the risks of climate change. You realize what they're technically doing? That's not what they intend to do. But technically, in this letter, they're asking President Obama and Attorney General Lynch to prosecute themselves. Who are these people? Well, they're scientists, professors, most of them. Six scientists signed their names from George Mason University, six professors from George, Universe, uh, George Mason University, three professors from Columbia University, two from the University of Washington up in Washington State, two from Rutgers University, two from Florida State, one from the University of Miami, one from the University of Texas. Yeah, I'm a little mad about that one. As an alumnus, I'm mad about that one. And two from the government's NCAR, NCAR. That's the National Center for Atmospheric Research. Kevin Trenberth is from that. He's probably the biggest name on the list. He was one of the first people to argue that heat that was missing was, not hi was hiding in the oceans. So the models had predicted that we'd warm up. We stopped warming up that much. And he said, well, we haven't actually. It's just hiding in the oceans. We can't see it. Okay, well, it's not. We've looked. It's not there. But even if it was there, the climate models didn't predict that the heat would hide in the oceans. It's not what the climate models predicted. That means the climate models are wrong. So if the heat was hiding in the oceans, climate models are wrong. If the heat's not hiding in the oceans, but it's just not as warm as the model said it would, the models are still wrong. Kevin Trenberth has been very involved with the UN's, uh, the UN's climate committee, the IPCC. He's been very involved with that, and yet he can't admit his own models are incorrect. Who's misleading whom? This is not the first time that people on the, quote, consensus side of this, I, I prefer to call it the wrong side of this, not the first time that consensus has proposed punishing skeptics. Heidi Cullen was with the Weather Channel. She's now with Climate Central. In 2007, when she was with the Weather Channel, she proposed revoking seals of approval from climate change deniers. Now, if you're a broadcast meteorologist, and by the way, most broadcast meteorologists do not believe the, quote, consensus, but if you're a broadcast meteorologist and you don't have a seal of approval from the National Weather, uh, National Weather Association or the American Meteorological Society, it's very hard to move up in your career. So she's trying to destroy the careers of people who disagree with her on an academic point. Grist Magazine's Dave Roberts called for a Nuremberg-style trial for deniers. Here's the point. Silencing dissent is anti-scientific. The whole point of science 
is to have people disagree with you. If you're always right, you're never learning. The whole point of science is to learn. You're not going to learn unless someone disagrees with you and points out how you're wrong. Silencing dissent is anti-scientific. Most of the people who signed this were college professors. Silencing dissent is anti-academic. These campuses are supposed to be about free speech, not about prosecuting speech. All the universities involved, including the University of Texas at Austin, should be embarrassed that one of their or multiple of their employees signed this document. Anti-scientific, anti-academic, it's anti-democratic. And it's un-American. But it's not just climate. This is coming to your profession as well. If you're a teacher, you already know this. But there are other professions this type of thing's coming to. Just wait. Think I'm wrong? The Texas Medical Association put out an article this month on the, on the new MCAT. That's the, the test that you have to take if you want to get into medical school. And you have to do well because the competition to get into medical school is very, very tough. The new medical school entrance exam, there's a new section. It's one-fourth of the exam. It covers, quote, this is quoting from the Texas Medical Association article, covers psychology, sociology, and the biological foundations of behavior, as well as social inequality, class consciousness, racial and ethnic identity, institutionalized racism and discrimination and power, privilege and prestige. The point is, if you want to be a doctor and you deny that white privilege exists, you will not be a doctor. If you deny white privilege, you don't get to be a gynecologist. You don't get to be an orthopedic surgeon. You don't get to be a brain surgeon. According to this new MCAT, Ben Carson, I don't think, would have passed one-fourth of this test and likely would not have gotten into medical school. This is coming to your profession. It needs to be shut down. We cannot be silencing dissent. We cannot tolerate totalitarianism in academia.